Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I like it. How you like the new duds here, Catfish? I really like it. I like the sign. Everything's fancy. The table's made out of mahogany or something. <laughs> uh, it, it feels good. Everything feels right. I feel like we're right where we need to be right now, John. Mahogany, mahogany. Yeah. Uh, that's, uh, this is actually, this is, uh, I bought this table from the Amish. Really? Yeah. And we're some and, good people. Yeah. If you want good furniture, go to an Amish furniture store and they can get what you need. Oh, yeah. And the price is, everything is real wood. Yeah. And the price is very in line with the fake shit from like rooms to go. Yeah, I do. I like it. Yeah. So I was very, very surprised that I was able to get this for what I was able to get it for. Yeah. Usually it's not cheap from them. Oh, it's not? No. They don't give most of their money to the Lord and they're wanting some back. Oh, okay. <laughs> so you know about Amish furniture. Oh, yeah. Yeah. They do good. It's it's sturdy. It's going to last forever. They got just the right amount of technology to build nice stuff and love the Lord the best. They're good people. When you say this, you look at this wood, I guess it limits if you buy enough shit. It limits the, I guess one family buys enough furniture from them. They don't need any more. No, and the good thing about it is you can give it to their kid or your kids and they can give it to theirs. So everybody's set up for life on furniture. Nice. Well, the Unimpressed Podcast we call the podcast unimpressed because I'm unimpressed about everything and everything. What I would be unimpressed now is Catfish Cooley hasn't been in a movie with The Rock yet. So I what's agree. Up with that? I agree completely. You know, Dwayne, where you at, brother? Let's make this happen. Me, you, Kevin Hart, let's do a trio. You know, let's go down with it. And Dwayne is my age, uh, ironically. And uh, yeah, Dwayne, if you hear this out there, we need to put Catfish in a movie. Dwayne, I would have never guessed you was as old as John. If that helps sweeten the deal, <laughs> any at all. <laughs> and Joe Rogan, too. We reached out to Joe Rogan. So, Joe Rogan, if you're listening to this podcast. Yeah, Joe uh, Rogan, if you're listening to this, you were my most favorite human being on Earth that the aliens may or may not have planted here. I listen to you podcast all the time. I travel a bunch. And uh, thank God that, you know, I started listening to you because, uh, let's face it, you drive, you know, 17, 18 hours all the time. You listen to music. It's a lot of three-minute songs. But uh, whenever I started listening to your podcast, you can go from Florida to California and listen to three Joe Rogan podcasts for like four hours apiece. Are they four hours apiece? Some of them, yeah. Some of them are two, three hours apiece, and he talks about everything. He's very, uh, very cool guy. I like him. When you he talks about everything, what does he talk about? Uh, he talks about uh, a lot of uh, aliens. Uh, aliens is real. They're among us. He loves weeds. Dolphins gets brought up a bunch. He's a uh, he's he's a cool feller. He lives in Austin now. He actually moved from California to Austin, Texas. So I'm gonna sneak out there and find you one weekend and. We're going to eat edibles together. Me and you's going to do a podcast. You just don't know it yet, Joe, but I'm coming. Oh, he knows who you are. Don't he, don't he have a friend? Yeah, yeah. He's uh, he's good friends with uh, Robert Oberst, and uh, I believe they've talked about me before. And I can't wait. To, I'd love to go out there and hang out with him and Oberst both, you know. 
Oberst yeah. is doing good. He's uh, got back into the strongman world. Luckily, during the COVID, that's been one of the things that, you know, you can get on YouTube and watch. They've been doing some strongman events. So that's kind of kept us going through the sport world. At least you can tune in and watch how they're doing, you know? Well, that's a that's a pretty good topic. We started with uh, The Rock. We're talking about Joe Rogan. Yeah. There's a couple other people who have kind of um, been Catfish Cooley's fans. I mean, I know Common had shouted you out yeah, a couple Common times. Yeah, shared some stuff. Uh, Deion Sanders. Uh. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We keep a lot of emotions bundled up inside in life, and sometimes we got to talk to people. I witnessed the benefits with my own two eyes. I have a close friend that was struggling with depression and felt like she had no one she could consistently talk to because of her busy schedule. She was matched with a therapist through BetterHelp. After several months of sessions, I've seen a tremendous change in her personality and in her life. If you're needing therapy and, and want to get some of those things off your chest, it's entirely online and designed to conveniently work around your schedule and empower you to be the best version of yourself. Just fill out a questionnaire and they will align you with the right therapist. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com unimpressed today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp. H-E-L-P dot com slash unimpressed. Bunch of big name people's uh, kind of shared my stuff, you know, and it, it makes me feel good because they're not sharing, you know, just the funny side of the stuff I do. You know, sometimes I mess around and make sense. And, uh, you know, I try to I try to say something that I just dumb down enough so everybody can understand how we can all get along. So that's cool to me that you got these, you know, people that's this impressionable sharing stuff that means a lot to me whenever I'm trying to just make humanity hate each other a little less, you know? So that's well, did cool. You know, but, who, did you know who Deion Sanders was? Oh yeah. I don't even watch sports and I know who Deion Sanders was, you know? Oh, okay. Yeah. You know, it's not a lot of people ever make it to the level that he did, you know? Yeah. Prime time. Yeah. Prime time. Yeah. That's very interesting. Uh, I think Dion told catfish he wanted to go fishing with him. Yeah. One day we got to do that too. I really enjoy fishing, especially now that I haven't drank. I quit drinking over 120 days ago. Uh, and I really don't uh, have a big reason for it. I've just drank so much for so long that, you know, I just kind of got tired of it. I think in 2017 is the last time. Remember I quit for, 
I think it was like around 150 days or so. Yeah. But I quit with the intentions of starting back drinking then. And this time, I I may start back. I may not. I don't know. But I'm just enjoying not drinking. I I would say sobriety, but uh, I have I have found edibles, and that's a it's a very amazing way to live life. I I really enjoy that. Well, edibles is supposed to be healing, a healing. Uh, it is a healing agent. That, and you know, we've been doing a lot of the CBD stuff. You know, that yeah. takes the edge off. Some days, I'm not going to lie, I don't feel like being completely high. Yeah. So I'll just do the CBDs most days over the, you know, THC, and it's just like a. You know me, I'm amped up all the time. I'm always like turned up to ten. So whenever I take that, it kind of evens everything out. Like turns me down to eight. I can think a little. Yeah. Uh- yeah, it turns me down. Yeah. Turns me down eight. Yeah, I say catfish mine is running at three hundred miles an hour yeah, all the time. It never stops. And uh, you know, if you're if you're around catfish, you know catfish is around. And I talk constantly. He I really tells do. a lot of stories. A lot yeah. of stories. <clears throat> and uh, John reminds me whenever I meet new people that I tell a lot of the same stories. <laughs> yeah, the running joke is hey, uh record this one. Let me get a recorder. Right. Oh yeah, and then we can just hit play. Yeah, any we, yeah, any time I meet somebody new, I'm talking to him, and he'd be like, "Catfish, catfish, why don't you why don't you just record it?" So that way, when you meet somebody new, you can just hand them the phone, and then you can just listen to the same stuff you say all the time. Yeah, he can hit play, hit yeah. play on the damn yeah. recording. And John is the exact same way. He just doesn't pay attention to the words coming out of his mouth as much as my ears do. Well, I think to some point, some point it comes. To- Turns into like a sales pitch, not a sales pitch, but it comes like it's a almost just a, a, a who you are and what you're trying to do. You know, yeah. like you get this road in life and you go down it, and whenever people meet you, you kind of want to bring them up to speed of where you're at. You know, it's so, like your calling card. Yeah, yeah, for sure. <clears throat> kind of lets them know who you are and what your motives are, where you're trying to go. You know, and I see why people wear the headphones. You see that, uh, Matt? Oh, it brings us in. It makes you understand what the hell's going on. Oh, yeah. You know? Yeah. Like I truly is, feel like we're connected. We got some real headphones on. So oh, the I headphones could. are working working oh, yeah. well. I think it. Uh, you, when you have a conversation, it helps with the conversation. 100%. Because you can uh, feed off that uh, sound in your ear. Yeah, this is as close as I want to be of living inside of my own brain, for sure. Yeah, right. Yeah, I don't think I'd feel any comfortable getting any any closer whatsoever. So, I don't know what was it. We you we hooked up what in 2018? Mm, yes, sir. Uh, I think it was January 2018 and catfish has been around almost 3 years now, which is hard to yeah. believe. And uh yeah, I mean, we've had some ups and downs and been building a a comedy show and uh, I've done a lot of content. We're trying to take our content to another level. And, you know, there's been some changes, fighting through thick and thin, different people, you know. A lot, a lot of learning. Yeah, a lot a, of learning. Yeah, there's a lot of, a lot of shit. A lot of shit that, uh, there's a lot of nuances, I think, in entertainment that yeah. people don't really pay attention to. Yeah. I think it's all like. I got to give it to you, though, John, of everybody that I've met in my life that's promised me something. You know, it may have took us two or three years to get here on some of it, but we're here. I mean, look at us now. Look at the Unimpressed podcast, you know? Yeah, right. It feels good to kind of visually see what he's had in his mind for so long, you know, because you meet so many people that'll bullshit you and tell you what, you know, you want to hear, 
And, you know, you'll kind of depend on that and get left empty-handed. But uh, with John, he's uh, he's straight, he's to the point, and if he tells you something, you can go ahead and mark it down because it's either going to come true or he'll die trying to do it. I, I can give him that much. Well, I always say if if I tell you something, you can write it on the wall. That's true. You know? And, Most uh, definitely. That's uh, that's an old saying, I would say. Yeah. Or, or the sun shines on the dog's ass every now and then. That's right, by God. <laughs> Hell Yeah. You know, um, you're just trying to get it done. I mean, I think we've, uh, came a long way. There's been a lot going on. We've had, had a couple of different opportunities, um, uh, that Dude, didn't done, happen. Yeah. I mean, didn't happen. Some happened. We've done all kinds of stuff, you know, made a movie, uh, been in, uh, made music videos. I've done a couple hundred, you know, comedy shows at least I'm sure. The biggest thing I always go back to is. Getting stuff done, you know, and when you start depending on other people in this business, especially, yeah. I think uh, shit don't get done as fast as you want it to get done. So if, I think no, the because is, it's not as passionate to them as it is you. You know, yeah. it's just a business endeavor to make money. It's you know not something they're trying to do because they really want to do it. You know, yeah. And yeah. it's like I've told you, you know, I feel like we're finally getting to the point where no matter what we want to do, if we want to do, you know, entertainment as far as music, short films, possibly even movies, you know, we got the network, we built the foundation, we got the branding. I feel like we're not far from being able to do that completely on our own, you know? Well, I think we're we're planning to do, like, when we, <clears throat> we're going to do a live show in the same room, and I want to... You know, when Catfish is in town, hopefully we can get one up and rolling this week. Is uh, potentially we could be in front of two hundred million people. That would be amazing. I mean, I don't think we're going to get two hundred million, but the the followers, yeah, are in that two hundred number. So if we get a percent, yeah. oh yeah, you know what's a percent of two hundred million? That's a, that's a lot. That's a lot. What yeah, is still it? a lot? Like if it's five percent of two hundred million, that's like a million people. You know. Is that what it is? <laughs> I have no idea. Hell, it's more than that. That's probably 10 million. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's the reason why I wound up choosing comedy instead of uh, nuclear physics or anything. Let's, let's, let's look this thing up. Let me look at this. Uh, 10% of 200 million would be. Just to make sure. 20 million. Half of that would be 10. So that'd be 5%. So, be yeah. 10 million people. <clears throat> 1%. Yeah, 1% would be 2 million. Yeah. That's still a lot. That's still a lot, so be on the look for the Bang Live. We're trying to make some enter- entertaining content because we oh, have, yeah. because we have the distribution, you know, and um, that's uh, that's something we're doing on our own that gives us visibility, and you know, from you know the Facebook stuff to we're yeah. watching uh, Bang Productions television. True, it feels good to finally build something. Yeah, you know? yeah. I like mean, it's awesome right. to get started on all the other platforms, but whenever you got something that you got pride in, and you can say you helped build that, absolutely, yeah, it, it, uh, it's an emotional. It, it means a lot, you know. Yeah, so that people actually give a damn about what you gave a damn about, you know. Absolutely, for sure. Now, if you if you go into the Bank of Productions Television thing, yeah, it, our ratings a little low right now. Yeah, so this is. Hence, we just got the new studio here. Hence, picking up our true, uh, picking up our first, uh, uh, what would you say, uh, structured content, producing oh, yeah. content type of situation. Yeah, this is the first week you're you're coming down here to do that. Yeah. So yeah, well, you just moved in recently. You know, yeah. you're still you know getting everything you know situated in your house. You know, plus work on top of that. Yeah. So I guess what I'm saying out there is. 
<clears throat> if you gave that low rating on Bank Productions Television, get ready because the the level of content's about to improve and get better. We True. want to improve every every day. So well, it's just like lifting weights. You don't start out benching five hundred pounds. You know, you come in, you just start where you are, and you grow from there. You got to put in the work, put in the repetitions, and eventually you'll get where you want to go. You know, exactly. And then yeah. to them, uh, uh, that's and that's only Roku folks. So we do have the uh, app. The uh, Bank Production Television app uh, for iOS, which is Apple nice. and Android, coming out the first of the year, and then we have uh, be on Amazon TV as well. So um, we definitely got to spe- Amazon. That's cool. We definitely got to step up our game. Yeah, you know we got to we got to deliver now, Catfish. Oh, we are delivering. Yeah, I did, all, all the time. I would use Amazon TV, and I did the movie The Whittler, and at least once a day, I'll go to my search bar and put in The Whittler just so I can see it pop up. You know. Well, just, speaking of the Whittler, where's uh, where's Wit at? Uh, Wit is uh, somewhere living in his van down by the river. I'm sure he's the. He, I don't know. I haven't talked to him in a few days, but I'm sure he's up to something. Wit is an interesting character that kind of um, spearheaded this uh, movie. Yeah, and then the movie got kind of. I don't know. The movie was good. The guys did a great job. The, the movie turned out good. I really enjoyed it. You know. Yeah, I, mean, I was, was proud that it was my first movie I did. I think it turned out good. I mean, you, Andrew, Gerard, y'all did good. Yeah. Yep, y'all did very good. Yeah, we got to meet Al Snow. You know, that in itself was amazing. You know, growing up watching him wrestling and to actually get to meet the guy and realize that he's more of a badass now than you ever dreamed in real life. He's super nice, super cool. And how old was Snow? Oh, uh, I don't know exactly his age. I would say he was in his... uh Probably mid fifties or so now. Really? Yeah. If you don't know, Al Snow was the guy that carried around the head. Oh yeah. And the what end up? Give me it? some head. Give me was some it head. Was uh, it WWE? WWE. Yeah. Yeah. ECW is the guy that I ended up fighting at the celebrity boxing match. Uh, Sandman. Sandman. Now you want to talk about a character? The Sandman may possibly be my drunk uncle. <laughs> Sam man was a mess. He was a mess. I was just really proud to get to meet him, though. It, it amazed me. We had a lot in common. <laughs> we really did. But did he not look so much better in that damn promo video than he did in person? Yeah, yeah. But uh, uh, he he lives rough. He lives hard. I was like, he looks pretty damn good. And yeah. then he showed up to the fight. I was like, oh, yeah. oh shit. Hey, he's about it. He did, the persona that he lived in wrestling, he lives in everyday life. You got to give him that. He ain't he ain't fooling nobody. He's 100% dedicated to living raw is a good way to say it. And initially that, that deal, the fight was supposed to start out fighting Dwight Gooden. Yes. And uh, I don't blame him if I was, you know, good and I wouldn't want to fight me neither. I'm just wondering if him and Damon hustled us. Damon oh, Feldman yeah. hustled us. Yeah, something, something was shady there. Yeah. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. you know, maybe uh, Gooden was the damn... Uh, he was the... The, the bait, Yeah, right? the, the goose to get us to come in and try to get the eggs. And we finally got there, and the eggs was rotted, and they blew up in her face. And then they give us <laughs> and they give us Sandman. The Sandman was one of the coolest parts of the show. Like, if it yeah. wasn't for him, I wouldn't have had any fun, you know? But uh, we made it work. You get these yeah. opportunities, you know. Once again, you know, you, you get this stuff that people promises you the world. You get there, and you don't even got a piece of land to put a trailer house on. But we made it work the best that we could at the time. Thank God that you was there, and you used your brain to, you know, put it together as quick as you did. I mean, it was a good project. It was, it was neat. It Damon, was good. Damon and them just... 
Yeah. I think Damon need to he just need to step up his game a little bit. Get a I very think good he, thought process of it. Yeah. I, mean, like I think a, the vision's there. He don't know how to get it there. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I think if he had a little more management or whatever, I mean, yeah. he's always had a great idea. Yeah. But I don't think it's been executed properly to really to get the rewards he anticipated. You yeah. Because you see now, if you think about celebrity boxing, right, yeah, what well, what is coming back? Yeah. That's basically what these expedition. Ex- oh, yeah. yeah ex- you got uh, Eddie Hall and Hothal Burson, you know, coming in to fight. You just had Tyson and uh, – uh, Junior, you know, they come in and uh, Roy Jones Jr. Yeah, you know, they come in and it was an excellent turnout, you know. And uh, they I said love, their pay per view was 80 million. Oh, they made a killing, you know. Yeah, they did. They come in and it, you knew that it wasn't an actual real fight, you know. They was going to come in, they was going to do their rounds. They promised neither one hurt each other, and uh, there was no winner, but still, you know, for them guys to come out there and get to entertain and actually prove they still got it, that was cool to see, you know. They well, done that, good. Well, that's what really what celebrity boxing is. Yeah, really, if you think about it. Yeah, I mean it's it, what's you know what I'm saying. It's just ah. it's called something different. It's it's just organized better. Yeah, hundred percent. It's, it's yeah. organized better. It's presented a better way. Yes, I think if celebrity boxing was going to go further, it should be the same way. You know. Yeah. You shouldn't have a clear winner. It should be just purely entertainment. You know, if they're going to do it on the respectable end, if not, do it more so catered to wrestling, you know, yeah. do a lot of behind the scenes, do some, you know, uh, you know, week before everybody come in, practice what goes down, build a storyline, build characters and grow from there. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's potential, but it was just uh, a little forced. What's funny, I said we've been together almost three years, and then I, you think about what we did, and, and I go whitewash. Yeah. But then when you think about what we've really done, there's a lot of shit. There's oh, a lot of different yeah. things. Yeah, we really have. I mean, it's we've been pretty busy. And you got to be careful what you tell this guy, too, because you'll just be sitting around, you know, brainstorming and be like, oh, I need to do some music or something. And then the next day he calls you like, hey, come to Nashville. We're going to do some music today. And I'm like, no shit. And he's like, yeah. And y'all, yeah, the music thing, y'all should expect some more music about Catfish. Those songs are actually doing pretty good. Yeah, we actually wrote both of them songs <laughs> in a, two hours, you know. Yeah, Pimping in the Sticks, which I thought. Yeah, it was fun. Uh, I thought the other one was going to be bigger, but it seems like Pimping in the Sticks kind of resonated with everybody, and that's the one yeah. people keep coming back to for some reason. Yeah, that that one in Mudhole Mermaids, it, uh, you know, we was going to do more music, but unfortunately that was whenever the COVID was kicking off. I remember waking up that morning, the studio had sent a message that sorry due to COVID, you know, we had to shut the studio down. I was like, that's hilarious. You know, we not yeah. had no idea how, you know, big or serious this actually was, you know. That was, yeah, that was the weekend March. That was the weekend the toilet paper went away. So that was the weekend the shit literally hit the fan. Yeah, hundred percent. Right. Yeah. Yeah, we were stuck in Nashville for mm. five, four or five shows. And yeah. we didn't know if we were going to get home because that's yeah. when the... the that's when the pandemic... Uh, oh, yeah, because right at first, he was getting all these messages and everything on the social media. was the airports was going to shut down, and like we didn't even know if we were going to get back to the house. Yeah, I but, remember that. Yeah. That was... It's been a crazy year, and then filming the... the we filmed the... We did the songs in Nashville. We mm-hmm. did it with Spirit Music, and... Uh, and they done a phenomenal job. Awesome people to work with. Yeah, what was Mike's last name? Mike was a pretty good producer. I cannot remember his last name. He kicked ass in there with that. 
I'm telling you, I wish I was as talented at anything as he is to instruments. He could Florin, grab Mike Florentino. He could grab I mean name. anything in that room and just I mean play the hell out of it. And it was amazing to see somebody that was that comfortable at their job and be that good. Like we made them songs like easy. Like yeah. it was you know, just walk in, it was a breeze. Walk in and I have an idea, tell them a few words, sat down, we wrote the music to the beat, boom, it was done. Yeah, it was yeah, done. done. It was good. Wonderful job. Yeah, the, he, Mike Florentino, he actually was doing ZZ Top's um, last right, last tribute album. Yeah, I remember him telling us. He about was working that. on that when we we went out there and recorded these songs. Now that's gonna be cool. Yeah, how old is ZZ Top? Eight hundred, I do believe. So they're really pretty. There. They're pretty old. Yeah, yeah, they're still kicking though. By yeah. God. you're yeah. the grandson. You're the ZZ Top grandson. I get told I look like Tank Abbott every day. Everywhere I go, people was like, ah, and I'm like, ah, cool. They know catfish cool. And they're like, you look like Tank Abbott. And I'm like, I tell Is he one of the ZZ type guys? No, he was uh, one of the original UFC cage fighters. Oh, shit. <laughs> Tank Abbott. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. he's uh, He was cool, man. He was a good fighter. He would go in there and definitely put on a show, you know. He was a brawler. He didn't have just a whole lot of technique to him, but he was super strong, and I'd hate to be locked up in a cage with him. I can tell you that. Interesting. Um, well, we, we did the songs, right? And then we went to Lake Lure. Mm-hmm. And how long we worked? We did film the two videos, what, in three or four days? Yeah, I think four days altogether. And uh, I was happy with them. They turned out really well. I really was. I was very happy with how everything turned out. Matt is phenomenal. That's Matt uh, Wonderly. He is our head of production hey, yeah. guy. Yeah, I photographer. I would love for that guy to, to film a porno with me in it because he made me look so much better than I thought I ever could. So I think he'd give you more bandwidth. Yeah, I don't know if it'd be any more width, but maybe he could just to, to take a little off the side, you know, make it look like I got the starting of a six pack or something, you know. <laughs> yeah, he did. He can't work magic. He could never make me look like Ron Jeremy here, you know. <laughs> and so many people whenever they found that out it's like man why didn't you come down here to louisiana or texas and filming some real rednecks if you've never been to north carolina don't you give me that yeah right i've been all around the world the real rednecks of the world live in north carolina no, One, probably, yeah oh even, yeah even well even being down here in south carolina oh yeah. you don't see you see rednecks down here but north carolina probably has them beat I'm telling you, like it's it's amazing the the red the just white trash you know stereotypical people you think of yeah they they all come from North Carolina I'm pretty sure. Oh, well, you a, did that video. Oh yeah, I love them, and you know I fit right in. It's amazing, but it, you, you got to give credit where credit's due because people's like, man, you sure come down here? We could really bet your bounce some rednecks. I'm like, y'all better go up to North Carolina before you start throwing judgment there, because I can tell you. For oh, sure, yeah, NC. That's yeah. where I grew up. Uh, yeah, they got. They, I don't see everybody else have their grandma buried in their front yard. I just tell you that. Far City, North Carolina, <laughs> Rutherford County, my hometown. You go, boy. Yeah, you know they let you bury your cousin in the backyard. That's legit. You know that's pretty cool. Like nowhere else in the world, you know, kids ride the full resort house. Like, be careful, you go run in that light pole, in North Carolina. Like, boy, you don't hit your grandma again. We got to replace her headstone. <laughs> that's stuff that truly gets said there on a daily basis. Yeah, I'm sure. Absolutely. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Well, you know what? Believe it or not, when in the house I grew up in, 
in Boston, North Carolina. Yeah. Our neighbor buried his wife right beside us. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Yeah, good to yeah. see they had a, uh, that close of a marriage. Yeah, don't say that Nani was a little bit upset about I uh, can only <laughs> imagine how Nani felt about that. Yeah. I'm sure it helped the resale value of the home increase by a lot, didn't it? Yeah, well, they, they put the, I think they put the house up for sale, and that's when they moved. Yeah. You yeah. know, because he buried it's, his wife next door. It's different. That's something you don't think about, but... You, yeah. You love them while they're here. When they go, they got to get out of here, too, they you know? The, they had the funeral there. Really? Right there. So like 100% at the house. Like you get home from work and you look over and you're just in some the yard things, and you know, you can do at home. But I feel like when you're born and you die, you need to not do it there, yeah. you know? So imagine Nani driving home from school and she pulls in. <laughs> oh, Nani, if you listen to this, I love you. I miss you. <laughs> I've grown a lot since the first time Nani met me. She uh, She's trained me well. My parents, Nani and Poppy. Yeah, she's taught me how to uh, be a better human being. She's yeah. a wonderful, wonderful lady. Yeah, so we're just, Catfish knows how she is, so we're just talking about an experience of a, a body being buried in the yard. Yes. Yeah, so we I was pretty close to that. That was yeah. next door. North Carolina is awesome, though. I really do love it. I think the, one of the best tattoos I got was from uh, the guy in North Carolina. It was uh, He's the king there. Catfish just signed when Catfish been with us almost three years, but when he did sign with us uh, that summer, um, he hosted one of Darren's shows at the Ryman. Is at the Ryman Auditorium. Yeah, you want to talk about shell shocked? You go from uh, being a construction worker for nine years and dabbling around doing a little bit of MC and at music events, and then. You know, you get with John, he's like, hey, you're going to be on stage at the Ryman in front of 3,000 people. So that was, uh, that was huge. That's crazy. That was, yeah, that was absolutely humongous. And before the show started, I'll never forget, we're sitting there and, uh, you know, we're all drinking, having fun, you know, with the Ryman about to do a show. And John gets a phone call and he's just, uh, like it, it says, just unimpressed about everything. He's like, yeah, yeah, I can go. I can get a couple tickets for Yellow Wolf and Kid Rock, you know. And I'm like, bullshit. And he hangs up the phone. I'm like, so Yellow Rock and Kid Wolf, you know, Yellow Wolf, (laughs) Yellow Wolf and Kid Rock's coming to the show. And John's like, yeah, he'll be here in a minute. And I'm like, ain't no way, you know. I'll never forget the door open and here come Yellow Wolf with his mom. And then here come Kid Rock walking in with four of the, the ladies that. They was probably going to do something when they left together. And yeah. I was like, holy crap, there's Kid Rock and Yellow Wolf, you know. And I remember uh, Ginger Belly gave me shit after they left. He's like, I can't believe whenever you shook his hand, you said, howdy, I'm Mr. Fish. I was like, well, it's Kid Rock. I don't know what else to say, you know. Yeah. But uh, that was cool. That's a moment I'll never forget in my life, you know. And G- G- uh, GB, Ginger Billy was there. I forgot oh, yeah, about that. Ginger was there. I forgot about that. What did Ginger tell him? He told him uh he told him about one of his songs. He's like, Man, I love that song. And I remember Kid Rock was like, Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what do you yeah. do? You know, what do you do if you're Kid Rock? Yeah. I mean, if you show up at a place. Yeah, you, you always meet people and they're like, you know, you're so down to earth, you're so down to earth, and that both of them was the same exact way. They yeah. were just people, you know? Yeah. 
Yeah, I think it's uh, they want yeah. to come have a good time and oh yeah, it was and cool. then uh, meeting Jelly Roll in Nashville recently. That, that's you know I've listened to him for forever, and you meet these people, you know that you always look up to and you listen to or watch their movies and stuff. And I'm not gonna lie to you, a lot of the time it's not what you think. Jelly Roll is the coolest some bitch I've ever met in my entire life. If you're ever honored enough to get to meet and hang out with Jelly Roll, you embrace it and put your big boy pants on. You're going to need them. They do a whole nother level of partying in which uh, you may not even supposed to do. But uh, I had a good weekend. That was probably the one of the last times I drank. And uh, I'll never forget that. Jelly Roll, if you're listening, we love you, Bubba. We're proud of you. He's killing it right now. And uh, his career is blowing up, which is deserved. He's been in it for, you know, 15-plus years, I think, now. And he's just now starting to get the respect that I think he's always deserved. And he's doing phenomenal. Him and his wife, Bunny's killing it. They smoking <laughs> well, it down. We won't talk about Bunny, but um, talking about Jelly Roll. Uh, yeah, Jelly Roll, he uh, – when I looked at Jelly Roll – I did think, you know, Jairo's had some life experiences and yeah. and certain things and, and you know, you anticipate a certain character or whatever, but when you look at him, he really looks like he's full of light. I mean, he looks like oh, he's yeah. got a story to tell. Yeah, so uh, I've told John this before, you you meet a lot of people that act confident and all this stuff, like confidence excludes out of him. Like he's one of the most confident people I've ever been around and no matter what, you know, yeah, uh, not just music in general, but just as a human being, like he was a big ball of sunshine. Yeah. Like you're naturally getting a good mood whenever you're around him. Like he's yeah. a good person. Yeah, yeah, he's a good guy. I mean, yeah. I, I, I enjoyed hanging out with him. You don't meet, yeah, being meet around a lot of guys like that. Yeah, being around him makes you love yourself somehow. It's magical. <clears throat> Besides the. 85 blue cups he puts out for shots. Oh, my God. Yeah, we had a good time. Most oh, definitely. I left. Yeah. I left. The, I did not leave. <laughs> I left. I left about 4 o'clock. Yeah. And they stayed, and I came back about 9 o'clock. And oh. when I came back, they were uh, everybody was wrestling. We was on a whole nother level. Yeah, they were wrestling at the studio in the middle of the studio <laughs> with all the couches. The couches was the... the uh, yeah, there was a ropes... They, yeah, they were the ropes. The yeah. couches were the ropes. And then the one MMA guy was there. Who was that guy? Um, was training Jelly Roll. Uh, he was the, he was his uh, nutrition guy. Uh, George, he done uh, nutrition for... Uh, uh, Tyson Fury. Tyson Fury and also the uh, Conor McGregor. Yeah. Like, he's a, you know, he's a big, big name guy. And Jelly Roll had him living with him, you know. And they was training together, eating together. He would cook his meals. He was a phenomenal guy. I wound up passing up, laying in his lap as he petted my head to sleep. I love you, George. Can't wait to see you again. George, yeah. I think Jelly would get him drunk so Jelly wouldn't have to do his diet. Oh, yeah. That, I think that's actually the only time that George had actually got that drunk, you know? Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Yeah, Jelly. He was happy I was there, and he straight up told George. He's like, George, I don't want to hear your shit. We're getting fucked up today, boy. You might as well jump in and do it with us. And George like, okay, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And we did. We started out, and uh, we nailed it. Yeah. And uh, Gerard was with us that night. We won't get into his incident. Gerard did not have as good a night as he had that day. We'll yeah. leave it at that. Yeah. Yeah. I felt bad for him. He, um, yeah. 
he was late. He, everybody, everybody does. <laughs> it was late. Everybody drank too much. Yes. Uh, it was. It was just too much alcohol. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and on the road, who who have we? Is there anybody else? I know we did the show. We did a show in uh, your hometown, and I, uh, Beaumont. Yeah, yeah, we did a show right outside where I live over in Beaumont, Texas. That was amazing. We got to do that. And I recently done a smaller show in Vider, Texas, where I actually live at. And uh, it's different, you know. People's like, oh, my God, I bet it's so, you know, nerve-wracking to go out and do a show in front of all these people. And, you know, I've done shows in front of 2,500, 3,000 people, and that's not bad. You do a show in front of people that knows who you are, Mm-hmm. That's different, you know. They're, yeah. they're not going to lie to you. If you're good, they'll tell you you're good. If you suck, they're going to tell you you suck. So I always get nervous for my home shows, but I, I enjoy them too, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We were going to go back this year, but we kind of hit the skids. Yeah, a little bit. I don't know. A lot of our touring this year, you know, kind of it either got slowed or just completely shut down for months now. You know. Well, I think that show we did in. Um, a show we did in Phoenix, I think there was a lot of no-shows. A lot of yeah. no-shows, and uh, uh, I think there's a lot of reluctancy there. Yeah. Um, it's just because you can tell by the waves. Like, yeah. Because y'all had some great shows when the wave, the kind of wave died down a little bit because there wasn't much in the news. But, but now it's picking up again. You can, yo, know, yeah, it's a big, huge factor. When everything was on the kind of, you know, it looked like the numbers was getting better. It was a little yeah. safer. yeah. You know, we were selling out shows left and right. People was eager to get out and do stuff. But uh, now that, you know, it's kind of making its wave through back and uh, it's, it's killing the numbers. A lot of people's uh, not wanting to get out of the house as much, which is understandable, you know. Uh, you get on, you know, social media every day and you still people that thinks this disease isn't real. And I'm not going to lie. You know, I didn't take it as serious as I probably should have till here recently. My dad, everybody that knows, you know, me and him's close. We're like best friends. You know, he's my papa bear. And, you know, I can just tell talking to him on the phone. He lives in Louisiana and I live in Texas. And he started, you know, getting sick, which, you know, he's in his 50s, happens. But this time was different. And it got to the point where I was like, this, he, you got to go to the doctor. You're going to die. And uh, whenever he got to, you know, go to the emergency room and stuff, they told him, they said, sir, they said, you got two options, admit yourself or go home and die. And he stayed in the hospital for over a week in the ICU. And uh, it was rough. Like he, it like to guide him, you know. So now I got way more respect for the COVID than I had, you know, before all that happened. But it's nothing to be taken lightly for sure. Yeah, that's just uh, because you know one person that got it and they lost their smell and taste for a week doesn't mean that it's the same way if it affects you. You know, yeah. it could go either way. So, depends on who it, I think it depends on who it. You know, I think it depends on who it gets to. I, I do. I think it depends on you as an individual, how your immune system is. You know, what kind of problems you already have or deficiencies mm-hmm. or whatever. Yeah, but yeah, it's nothing to play with for sure. Yeah. Well, hopefully that would all the shit's going to get better. Yeah. You know, moving forward, we can get back on tour and have a full perspective of, for sure. you know, what we can really do because there's not, there's not a lot of comedians out there touring. Yeah. You know, Which and the one, so understandable. You and know? the ones who are touring, there's not, there's limited places to go. Yeah. Even whenever you do get to do a show, you know, and it's considered sold out it's still 50%, the seats is, you know, spaced out. Yeah. And, uh, 
I don't know. Now when you watch movies and stuff and you see them at concerts and everybody's just shoulder to shoulder, like it's almost weird to see that now, you know, because it's been so long that we've been living like this. You've almost got accustomed to it and just feels like this is the way of life now. So, yeah, you know, hopefully, you know, we can beat this and go back to normal before too long because, you know, I hope it don't stay like this forever. Nobody wants it to stay been? like it's this been, forever. Uh, Shoot, several months. Yeah, obviously, starting March. March is when it kind of took effect, March 15th or something like that. Yeah, and then, nine uh, months now, yeah. Nine months long of trying to figure out the yeah what's going on. So yeah, we're ready. I don't give a shit about anything else. We're just ready to get back to business. That's what I'm ready. Yeah, yeah. You, could, you could do whatever. You can vote whoever you want. I don't give a shit either way. I'm ready to go back to work and make people laugh. That's what I'm ready to do. Yeah, because this is like, you know, I think you got to everybody – <clears throat> I think to some extent people get tied up in views too much, too much. Oh yeah. People get tied up in views, right? And it takes you down this rabbit hole. Yes. And you forget about yourself. True. Why would you want to forget about yourself during a pandemic? Yeah, exactly. And honestly, the pandemic has been positive in a lot of ways. You know, we've got to do a lot of brainstorming, you know, we've got to make some more original content and uh, think about, you know, the direction that we want to go is force people to be families again which yeah. is positive and negative for some. Some yeah. that means that there's new babies on the way and others means that there's another guy at the house. But, you know, you just got to you just gotta keep now living. what? The son's on the way. Yeah. there's another guy at the house. Yeah. Oh, it's pregnant? Yeah, one's pregnant and the other one got run off. Oh, okay. Yeah. I got you. Yeah. Speaking of that, you know, talking about COVID, talking about all the things we're dealing with, we're very – well, I think we're very fortunate when you talk about – uh you know, our social business. Oh, God, yeah, 100%. This thing. Yeah. I Without think. that, if we if we depend 100% on touring, we'd have been screwed. Yeah. You know? And I think that sets us apart from a lot of people. Yeah. There's a lot of people, wasn't, a lot of comedians weren't making any money. No. You know, and at all. I've been telling people, you know, we live in the best time of society's ever seen in its life. So many people are just so negative and gripe and complain all the time about they wish that we could go back the way things were. But it, stuff's good. You yeah. know, I can sit right there at my house with my cell phone and go to work every day. You know, and so many other people can too. It's amazing the technology and all we have now, you know. Man, I love it. I mean, it is nuts. We, yeah. Like I said, we've been very fortunate. There's uh, been a lot of comedians out of work, a lot of comedians not making money. And, mm-hmm. you know, the fact that our Just content. entertainment in a whole has been down. Changing. Yeah. Things are changing. I mean, I think the way. And I live close to Houston, <clears throat> Texas, and you're always seeing big name people come through, you know, big, you know, platforms up, you know, such and such coming to do a music show and all this. And that's gone. You don't see that no more. Yeah. Like everybody's ready to see that, you know. Well, Tesla, well, even Tesla moved to Texas. I think I'd heard that before. Yeah. yeah. So there's a lot of a lot of things going on in Texas. Yeah, I noticed they started putting the little uh, charging stations everywhere now. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. You see them a lot more. Stay tuned, folks. Artificial intelligence. I think. <laughs> I mean, I, this is what you know. I, these are these are this information's out there, but I think. This is some of the things I think instead of talking about the things that have already affected our lives, right? And we really can't do much about it, but improve from that point on. Talking about the things that we may need to prepare for, like in 10 years, maybe we need to talk about artificial intelligence. I don't know. 
you know, um, think that's going to, a lot of things are going to be automated moving, moving towards the future, but I guess we'll see how that plays out. Hopefully it's not all artificial insemination because that's one of the things I still like to participate in. Oh, really? <laughs> yes. Could yeah, you imagine? I, no, I don't want to imagine. You well, know. if you think about it, think about the. Uh, I'm a bigger guy. I've never, you know, enjoyed cardio, but that's, you know, warm form of it. I don't mind taking my pants off to do, you know. <laughs> well, you, well, hey, the, the, uh, don't, talking about something artificial. The, the rest, think about this. The restaurants have gotten a game. What are they doing? Thing about this, you go to the restaurant. If you want to place your order, you got to scan your phone. Oh, that's a hundred percent truth. Yeah. So guess what? Yeah. When you, and honestly, when you go to the that's probably you have your phone. That's honestly come a lot from COVID. You know, yeah, because absolutely. they don't want people touching the stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I read this. Uh, the, the, that makes you keep your phone longer. Yeah. Well, I read this the other day, and I didn't, you know, look it up, but I'm sure it's true. It said that you know people think that they're limited and they can't do stuff. And they said well, the first time they ever took the, you know, guys to the moon, the computer they had wasn't as advanced as this cell phone that we carry in our pocket every day. Mm-hmm. Like we truly have the ability to become anything we want in this world. So if you're sitting around jobless or whatever, think about something you want to do. Google how to do it. Follow the directions and hang on. Yeah, You know, That's it's not easy. But yeah. you can you can truly do anything you want to do. You're the only thing stopping you from doing it. I think people stop themselves. I think they do too. And uh, we've talked about this before. It's so much easier to blame somebody else for you not being happy in life than it is to admit that you're maybe the one holding yourself back. Yeah. And uh, if you don't try, you'll never fail. And I remember whenever I quit my job to pursue that I didn't even know this is what I was going to do. I just uh, I started doing the videos for fun, had a decent number of followers, and uh, I made it up in my mind I was going to not go to work every day in a plant. I wanted to do something different. You know, I wanted to, you know, entertain people. I wanted to make people happy. And it led into stand-up comedy, and I'm so happy it did because it's opened up the doors to so many other things, you know. Well, in Catfish, you're from New Hampshire, right? Uh, yes, that's where I was born and raised, New Hampshire, Louisiana. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So, yeah, Catfish is from Louisiana. And, yes. And, uh, A small little town called Pitkin, Louisiana is where I was born and raised at. Pitkin, Louisiana. Yep, I lived in Pitkin for most of my childhood. My parents got divorced. I moved to a place called Heinston, Louisiana. Went to a school there called Oak Hill for some years and uh, wound up going to Alexandria, Louisiana. A lot more people know where that's at. It's a bigger town. I went to school there for one more year. Went back to Pitkin, quit my job, started doing sheetrock, got into construction, and now I'm here. And <laughs> you're a comedian. Yeah. And we're still unimpressed. Rock, the yeah, Rock hasn't put right. you in that, put uh, Catfish in a movie yet. And yeah. And Danny McBride and them are right here in Charleston, South Carolina as well. I would love to meet Danny McBride. I'm, but Danny, I'm probably going to find your house before I leave. I don't leave till Friday. I'm going to do some Googling. I'm going to show up. We're going to do some stuff with some things, okay? Yeah. Yeah, his office is right down the road here. It's not far at all. That's too uh, cool. Which is, which is interesting. He was in L.A. Didn't for Didn't you years. also say Bill Murray lives somewhere close? Yeah, Bill Murray's here. I absolutely like Bill Murray. The reason I found that out, I was telling him, you know, Ben said I quit drinking. I got a lot of time to think and do stuff now. And uh, 
I got to thinking, you know, if somebody was to ask what my favorite comedy movie ever made was, and I got to give it to Bill. The movie What About Bob? Like everything about that movie, I absolutely love it, you know. And uh, I'm going to find him, too. We're going to go ghost hunting together, so you just get ready, boo-boo. Well, I guess Bill's been here a long time is what I understand. That's cool. I never knew exactly where he lived at, but I'm proud that I'm going to get to meet him. (laughs) Yeah, it's nice down here. I'm sure something will happen. Oh, yeah. Once we... uh, I just hope whenever I get there, Woody Harrelson's there as well. We can eat moon pies and smoke weed together. That'd be a glorious event. Let me me ask you this. Talking about comedy, what does uh, comedy, what do you think comedy needs right now? What, What can comedy do for our current state of society? What do you think it needs and how do we, because I think the landscape of comedy is going to be changing, right? I feel like people need to be comedians again. And I know that may seem like a bold thing for me to say, you know, but uh, like I told you earlier, a lighter's meant to light fires. You're not supposed to press it and expect water to come out. Um, you told me that earlier. I did. I told you, you don't listen to me because I talk so much. But I tell you, everybody's got a job to do. If you're a comedian, make people laugh. Quit trying to tell people who to vote for. Quit being political. Yeah. You know, I think comedian, what the world needs in general is not just what comedians need. You know, if you work on cars for a living, do that. If you make people laugh for a living, do that. You know, be passionate about it and be good at it. You know, I think everything has got just, uh, you know, so so mixed up. Like people's more political now than they are, you know, in the sports. You know, I feel like uh, being super political now is almost uh, equivalent to, you know, having a drug addiction disease. You know, it, it tears up lives, it tears up families, it, it's ruining jobs, you know. People forget that it's okay to think for yourself. Yeah. It's like these people, they just got so ingrained to, you know, reposting and resharing stuff they see. They don't do any kind of information checks on nothing. They just see it. Oh, it was on the internet, so that must be true. Let me go repeat it 15 times, you know. I wonder if it's a, um, wonder if it's a tweak. I don't know. No, I wonder if it's a tweaking process. I don't you know what I'm saying? Instead of instead, think about this: if you took comedy, take comedy. Yeah. Right. If you took the tack of only making fun of yourself. Yeah. Right. Talk about talk about making fun of yourself first. Yeah. And then we forget about talking about other people. Yeah. I think maybe if we didn't talk about other people, but can make fun of yourself, that might be the place to start. Uh, start to revitalize. Well, I, know, I know me. I make fun of myself constantly. Like yeah. I have no problem with that at yeah. all. You know. Yeah, yeah I mean, yeah. I think, I think, I think a lot of great comedians do, and I think that's true. You know, because I think comedians honestly do respect people because you know we love to make you laugh, and I think yeah. that you have to almost like people to want to do that. You know. Yeah. I remember in school, you know, all the fights that I did get in, it wasn't for any random reason. Like, I would always beat up the bully, you know? Like, I hated to see people get, you know, picked on. I hated to see people get, you know, used or abused. And uh, I think you're right. Yeah, pick it. Yeah, if you can pick on yourself, then you can pick on other people, you know? Well, I don't know if, you know, maybe it has to start there and we don't pick on other people, but maybe that's a way to, like ground comedy again or something i don't know does that make any sense i mean it does in a way i just i don't know i just think of people just stuck to their job just do what you're supposed to do you know the other dad's having a conversation everybody's got a damn opinion the other dad was having a conversation with a guy and he was like i just wish that people that made movies and entertain just entertain and they didn't tell people who to vote for 
And I'm like, well, yeah, I agree. Yeah. Maybe construction workers should do the same thing. Yeah. You know, like they think just because, you know, they got a platform that they shouldn't be allowed to, you know, give information because they are an influential person. Well, let me tell you something, Steve. I get pretty depressed looking on your Facebook page and getting depressed too, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I just think people's forgot how to be happy. And, uh, you know, our brains, you know, we think, oh, I wish things was like it used to be. I wish things was like it used to be. But human nature is to evolve and get through stuff. So we forget in our past, you know, we remember the good times. We don't remember all the bad stuff that happened. Mm -hmm. You know, our brain pushes that out. So you look at people's childhood, you know, they always talk about comedians. You know, a lot of us come from, you know, a dark childhood. You know, we had problems and that's true for me as well as many others. But, you know, it's just not comedians. That's people in general. Life's hard. Sometimes it sucks, you know, but you can't focus on it. Keep going. Look towards the future. Live in the now and don't worry about the past. What's done's done, you know. You can't harp on it. You can't just focus on that and what's gone. You can never have again. So there's no reason to 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 wish for something to me that you can't get. You can't turn back time. You can't go back to yesterday. Enjoy now. Mm-hmm. I think we live in the best time of the world. We really do. Modern technology is at the peak performance it's ever been. You know, you can connect with people from anywhere in the world on your phone within seconds. And we can broadcast from right here. We can talk to millions of people right now. Yeah, me and you sitting in a room with this guy filming us. You know, you take the people away. This would be weird, yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah, but you can. You can do anything you want to. You can be happy, but I think people don't want to. Uh, like we said, they are they're scared to try because then you may fail. I've well, failed. Society is one. I, I know I've failed a lot in this. You know, ever since I quit my job. You know, I've, when did I? tell you that i actually quit in 2015 15 16 2016 somewhere around there i think 2016 maybe that was four years ago i was absolutely terrified i had no idea what i was gonna do i'd been living in my house less than two months yeah i went from uh you know getting divorced trying to build my credit back up save money got married again living in rent trailers and campers and then, you know, I finally got a good, nice house, and my dad was proud of me, and then I got a call, him like, hey, I quit my job. And he's like, what are you going to do? And I'm like, I don't know. And I felt like an idiot. I felt stupid. And it's okay to feel stupid sometimes. And, you know, I had to start from there, and, you know, I had to sell a lot of stuff and eat a whole lot of ramen noodles, but look at <laughs> us today. Yeah. You're not going to hit on, you know, the first time. Like you was talking about a Roku app, didn't get the best reviews. It's okay. Yeah. You can't focus on that. Just get better. Just keep growing. Keep Every trying. Day. As long as you keep trying, something's going to come out of it, you know? Yeah, even well, even if it's not the road you thought you should be on, another road will present itself, and you may do better on that road. But change isn't a bad thing all the time. I think some people need change, you know? Change and consistency. Yeah. And I think that's a lot of the reason why I decided to quit drinking. Just I've been drinking for so long, it felt like I had to, and I don't ever like feeling like I'm controlled by anything. Yeah. So by quitting drinking, I got my freedom back. I can do what I want, go where I want to go. I can drive 24 seven because I don't have to worry about drinking and driving. You ever, you, know? so, you ever doubt yourself? You go into the car and be like, I've been drinking, but you ain't. I can't drive. <laughs> <laughs> no, but yeah, I know what you're saying. You get so used to not driving a lot because you have been drinking. 
So sometimes whenever you go to get in your truck, you know, yeah, I guess kind of I do catch myself like shit. Question yourself, right? Yeah. I know the biggest thing is just like when you stop and get gas and you go in the gas station to pay for it, it was just so impulsive to go grab a 12 pack or something. Now, like I've literally had to catch myself. I'll go get it and then I'll have to walk back and put it back in the cooler. I'm like, well, shit, I don't even want this. But you just get so caught up in the habit of doing it. Your mind doesn't even realize that your body physically walked over, opened the door and grabbed the beer out. Well, let me ask you this. If, you know, you're talking about comedians, right? Yeah. Most comedians to be like, you know, I always say, don't judge, never judge a book by its cover. Yeah. Right. Because I think, you know, that's why even when I say unimpressed about The Rock not having you in one of his movies. Yeah. I mean, I think uh, that's a true, very true statement because I think some people, sometimes people judge, judge a book by its cover and yeah. they shouldn't. Yeah. And then when they meet you, it's a different thing. Yeah. And so, see, that may be a personal flaw I've always had, but uh, I think a human being's a human being. I don't care if you're on the side of the road picking up trash or you are the rock, you know? But I think I think sometimes people assume a lot. Yeah. Sometimes people assume things they shouldn't. Almost definitely every day in anything, you know? Yeah. And I, I think... Uh, yeah, 100%. But, what I'm, but what, I, what I'm leading to, the you know, comedians, comedians you know, have a different uh, mind process, right? Yeah. Thought process. And I think we're important, you know, because, you know. And there's high, some, you know, this, there's high intelligence there. Most definitely. Yeah. We know how to cope. We know how to adapt and deal with bad situations. That's the reason why we end up being funny is because, you know, you got two options, either be miserable and be crushed by life or laugh at it. Yeah. And that's a superpower in a sense, you know, to be able to have the ability to take a negative, turn it into a positive. You know, yeah, it's like Bill Burr. He's one of the you know best comedians in my opinion. Uh, stand up, you know, movies, whatever he's done. But uh, you know, you can look at the F is for Family, the show he's got on Netflix now. We watch it and we're like, this this is hilarious, you know. But you take the same situation. When is it, what is that show? It is uh, it's a cartoon animation show that he oh, okay. uh, developed with Netflix. I think it's uh, three seasons of it now, three or four seasons. But, uh, you know, you watch it in your first uh, reaction, this guy's hilarious. But that's his life. You know, he's playing the voice of his yeah, dad. He's, he's the character of his dad. You put that in real-life perspective. He had a hard childhood. Yeah. You know, but he didn't let it crush him. He took it and made millions of dollars off of it. Yeah. Well, you know? I think it's re- relatability. I think the more yeah. more true to what you experience, people. Oh, uh, yeah. And you, I guess it's uh, comedians that are able to translate you know those experiences and make them relatable to other people yeah there's a certain makeup we're like a how-to guide for dummies on everything yeah 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 so i mean you know when you talk about that you're talking about the intelligence sometimes there's some issues that come along with that as well how do you And you wonder why some guy... I just think people overthink everything. I remember whenever I first started Millwright, we worked with, you know, moving parts that was down to, you know, the thousandths of an inch. Mm -hmm. There's 100 thousandths in one inch. And I remember whenever I first started, you know, learning how to mic stuff and, you know, fit stuff correctly. You know, these older guys were so, you know, anal about everything. They're like, you got to check it eight times. And, you know, I thought I was doing it wrong at first because I would mic something. I'm like... Two inches, three hundred thirteen thousandths, you know. Yeah. And they're like, better check it again. And I'm like, these guys are scared. They're, they've made this job hard. 
Stuff's not hard. It is what it is what it is. You can't change it. It is what it is. Go on. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I think people just, uh, they over-process stuff and they think about it too much, you know? Like if you, you when you're, whenever you walk, you don't think about walking. You walk. Yeah. Once you learn how to do something, So you think they it. may, like if a comedian had an issue, like a mental health problem or whatever, you think sometimes they would think, them, think themselves into a situation that's not there. We do it every day. That's what yeah. anxiety is. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I still have anxiety from time to time. I don't think I'll ever be completely free of it. But uh, I remember whenever, you know, I went through my divorce and stuff, like it got bad to the point where I went to the emergency room a few times thinking I was having a heart attack and stuff. Like I was physically passing out. And that's a lot of what got me into comedy. I was like, if I'm this miserable and everything's, you know, just kind of rolled off my back in life, maybe other people's miserable too. So uh, that's the reason I started making videos. You know, I knew that it would make them laugh. It would make me feel better about making them laugh. And, you know, you just can't take everything so serious. You know, you got to accept the fact you can't control every aspect of life. And if things go wrong, good. Do something else. You know? Yeah. 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 I mean, it's like an angst. It's kind of. It's an angst to be heard. It is. Like, I'm still the class clown, you know? Yeah. Like, I still want to make people laugh. I still want to cut up and, you know, be the little shithead I was in school. Like, nothing's changed. You know, I'm a 30-year-old child still. (laughs) And I feel like sometimes that, you know, like, some days I'm like, man, it's so cool that I'm me and nothing bothers me. And then other days, you know, my wife's like, you don't ever take anything serious. You don't know how to have a serious conversation. Like, I th- like, am I wrong? You know, I, I don't know. You know, I just, I'm me. And uh, it's, it's, it's the only version of myself I know how to be. Like, I have zero time for drama in my life. I don't deal with it. Like, if you come into my life and you're trying to create drama, do not get upset or be offended whenever I completely block you out of my life. Like, I don't have time for it. You live one time, and uh, I refuse to be miserable. Life's too long for that, you know. Let me ask this: Who's who's? Uh, do you know a comedian whose commentary would be relevant today that's passed away? Maybe. Uh, I wish George Carlin was alive right now. I yeah. really do. George Carlin, to me, was one of the most brilliant minds in general, especially in comedy. And, uh, you know, I always talk about don't talk about politics. He could do it in such a way that he wasn't one-sided, you know. Yeah. He didn't ride the fence. Like, he would straight up tell you the government's lying to you. They don't none give a shit about you. You know, like, he reminded people that it's okay to, you know, just do you. Yeah. You know, I truly do. Like, And I feel myself, like, doing that. You know, when I started this stuff and I started making videos, I'm like, I want to make people happy. I want to make people love each other. And, you know, the more that you do it and, you know, the older my kids get and, you know, just living life in general and getting older, you know, I feel myself shifting towards how George Carlin was. Like, you just want to tell people sometimes, you know, damn it, you're just stupid, you know? Yeah. You're just fighting over just created shit. You're being controlled, and you just can't open your eyes and realize that you're being played like puppets. Like, how in the hell can't you see that they're using you to play their game? Mm -hmm. You know? You don't have to play that game. You can focus on yourself. You can do something you enjoy. And I tell you this and people all the time. People use social media the wrong way. Like, if you use it the way it was intended, and you like tractors and bicycles— 
you would get on there, look up tractors and bicycles, and find other people that like tractors and bicycles too. But the time that people gets on the internet, they just share what pisses them off, and then they find other people that it pisses off. Maybe too. it's you know, maybe it's um, maybe it's done that way of, on purpose. I feel like they created it because they knew people was going to do that. I feel like they'd done that because they knew that it was going to cause division. It was going to cause separation. It was going to cause views to go up whenever they talked about them topics. Because if you get people, you know, hating something and then you put it on the news, you know, millions of people's going to watch it. Mm-hmm. What can you put in the news? Commercials. Mm-hmm. It's monetizable. You'll make money off of it. Like it's a guaranteed platform of guaranteed income, you know? I don't blame them for doing it. Like did, they're geniuses, you know. Well, we're, we 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 take advantage of that. We take advantage of that in a positive way. Yeah, you know we uh, we try to you know create content that people enjoy. They you know, but you can do the same exact thing. We could create people that you know content that people hated and probably make more money. Mm-hmm. That's what the news channels do. You too know? many choices, I think. Too. It's too many choices. It's too many options. You know, it's just like religion, and you know, you, that's why there's so many of them. You know, they want division, they want people bitching, they want people fighting. It makes money, it makes the world go round. Yeah, I mean, think about this: if you if you have twenty things, right, twenty yeah. things, and you got to pick the best one. Oh, okay, God. right. Compared yeah. to having three things, and you got to pick the best one. Yeah. So put this in perspective: the twenty things, three things. So to make a to find the best one out of the twenty, how much more does your mind have to work and think about? So very much compared to thinking about three choices. Yeah, and you got to pick one. How much your mind have to work? Yeah, significantly so, less with the three. Most so definitely. Take, yeah, take that and then let's put the twenty in society. Yeah, you know, instead of the three in society. Yeah, I think the, the, the reason there's so much division and stuff is because people's unknowingly taught that you know you grew up and your mom told you this your dad told you this your teacher told you this you know your preacher told you this you don't think for one second because you're trying to be a good kid you just listen to what they tell you they ingrain it in your memory you get older and you repeat the same exact shit right around your kids they do the same exact thing at no point does most people ever stop and say i wonder if they're right i wonder if they're wrong you know mm-hmm. sometimes it's okay to sit down and question stuff think for yourself well it's pick it's it's pluck i call it plucking yeah i think people pluck they pluck what they want yeah you know because they don't people pluck what they want because they don't take the time to yeah really make the right choice sometimes oh yeah well, you know what i'm saying and like to do the research you know I think that, the, that's that's kind of what social media does it's, it's like a plucking they right. see something and they believe it automatically. Yeah. It's from dailyjunkmail.com. And it, and it, right, and it, it's in sync with yeah. our thought process, too. It's something that they want to hear. So they know what the outcome is going to be. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Right. I'm saying the people they, on the other end, not the people who are going through this When process. they develop it, they know what it's going to do. Yeah, you're yeah. exactly right. Yeah. Like whenever they, whenever they make something, they know that it's going to cause a reaction by that reaction. They know the other reaction it's going to cause. So they already in their playbook got something to share to that as well. Yeah. And then you start adding on shit like they All this shit's planned out. It don't happen yeah. by accident. Like it is there's people that know how it's people very are methodical. 
Oh, yeah. Very methodical. Yeah, that's what algorithms are, you know? Very methodical. It's very genius. I, well, I think it's we're. I think there's a lot of shit we don't know yet still. Yeah. You know, what the hell's going on. And I don't want to know. I don't either. It's what I tell people all the time. They're like, man, I hope you're getting ready. We're going to have another set. I'm like, How do you do? why? Why do you want to fight through that shit? Hell if no. it gets that bad, I hope they bomb and kill every damn body. You know, I don't want to fight through that shit. I'll be at the beach. I mean, I'm, I'm yeah. not done, you know. Yeah, me and John gets blew up. We're going to be sitting at the beach smoking weed. <laughs> uh, we, we we came and filmed your stand-up recently. Yeah, and, in Arizona. Uh, and Yeah, in Phoenix. And I think we got to get more content out there. If you're doing stand-up. Most definitely. Because, because I, you know, let people know, like pound that home that, hey. Yeah. This guy does stand-up comedy. Yeah, because you, you know. see a cow. Your first reaction to a cow is a steak because that's what you do with steak, you know? Yeah. You you know, you see all my funny videos, and I'm a funny video guy. Yeah. You know, I need to put a lot more content out of me actually being funny on stage. So that way, whenever people look at me, they're not like, hey, that's that Facebook or, hey, that's that YouTuber, you know? Yeah. But you I know? will say this. Anywhere I go that people know you. Any, oh, yeah. Anywhere. Yeah. New Jersey. Is, it is amazing the 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 differences in my fans like that lets me know that i'm doing what i want to do yeah like i want everybody to like me you know i want republicans to like me i want liberals to like me i want democrats to like me i want everybody to like me you know because i like them you know i'm a very diverse person yeah and uh it's cool to go to my shows and see that you know it's not one-sided and uh I really get a kick out of that. I get a kick out of teaching people that we're all just the same, you know? Yeah. You know, well, what do you... We all grew up a little different, but we're all you, human. You know, with me saying that, me, you know, want to put out more stand-up content, what do you see yourself like? I'm not going to lie to you. What do you see yourself for the next two years? Next uh, 24 months? Like, I really... If we can get out... If we can get 100%, and we get the playing field, if we can get the playing field 100%. Yeah. You know, COVID is done. We can set up some real shows. We can move forward. I would love from that to point be, on. What could, what would you want to do? What are you trying to do? Within two years, I would like to be in the states doing like big casino shows. I would love to start, you know, touring out of the country. You know, I would love to go to Australia. I'd love to go to Europe. There's tons of places I'd love to go out of the country. And realistically, in two years, I think it's very doable. Like you say, as long as the you know COVID gets resolved. Yeah. And I'm not going to lie, you know me personally, you know, and uh, I tell people all the time, if I could increase one quality about myself, it would be to be more confident. And, you know, coming from being a video guy into stand-up, you know, it's it's hard to call yourself a stand-up comedian whenever people that you look up to as stand-up comedians hasn't given you that recognition. Yeah. You know, they haven't, yeah. because let's face it, a lot of them hate us, you know. Yeah. Just, I mean, they do because they feel like we didn't put in the footwork. We didn't put in the hard years of doing stand-up comedy, and they get pissed off. They're like, look at this guy. You know, he had a built-in network and blah. Well, I always say that's too quick to be judged. Yeah, and, I, yeah. and I do, and uh, I agree with you on that, but I feel like I've done this long enough, and I've got good enough, and uh, I'm comfortable now saying that I'm a stand-up comedian. And Absolutely. I've, I've done it long enough that I want to be recognized as such. Yeah. It's like I've told you, you know, I always wanted to do a movie. I've done a movie. I always want to do music. I've done music. And out of everything I've ever done in life, you know, I'm very good at, you know, construction work. I can work on vehicles. I can do a lot of shit. 
Yeah. But the one thing that I truly, you know, get butterflies in my stomach in and get passionate about stand-up comedy. Yeah. So that's what I I want to get good at, you know? Nice. Like, I can dabble in a lot of stuff, but whenever I die, I want them to be like, that guy was killer at stand-up comedy. Yeah. You know, you always hear people talk about, I'm going to be the best. No, you're not. Quit tooting your own horn and get over yourself. Yeah. You know, I love Kevin Hart, you know. Somebody else may not. Yeah. Now, you can't be the best at, at music. There are too many genres. There are too many comedians, you know. Be the best you can be. Be the best you can be whenever you lay down, taking your final breath in life, be like, that's the life I wanted to live. See y'all on the other side, you know. Yeah. And uh, I think that's all you can do, you know. And uh, if I'm doing a show around y'all, I want your honest feedback. Get online whenever you start seeing me post a lot more of my stand-up. Tell me if you like it, share it. If you don't like it, share it and tell yeah. me I suck. You know. Well, if we ever get this sound, hopefully we get this get the sound, get some of this. Yeah. Try to put some of these snippets out. But I do. I love it. That's uh that's the only thing in life that emotionally gets me excited anymore is even thinking about stand up. Like I really do love everything about being on stage. I like getting my clothes packed. I like going to the show, and I hate going home. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think what I think. All those, I think that's already there. I think yeah. the, the foundation has been established. I think yeah. we just have to, I think we just have to create a bigger story. True. You know? Yeah. And things, like fall, say, things fall into place. Yeah. Like you say, I think we need to just show people what I do, you know? Yeah. We've, uh, we've kind of kept it private, you know, so that way, you know, whenever people come to my show, they wouldn't already know the jokes, but you know, now that I've done it, does it matter? You know? Yeah. Well, if you if you Google comedian now, I mean, hell, they got every, yeah. it seems like every piece of stand up they've done. Oh yeah, and uh, you know, every show's not exactly the same. There's always differences. You know, it is a rolling it is a rolling set to some extent. There's there's yeah. an outline, but it's it's a rolling set. This, yeah, stories could fly anyway oh, at yeah. any you, time. You think you control a show? You have no idea what somebody in the crowd's gonna say. You don't ever know which direction it could go. Yeah. So. Yeah, if y'all see me, y'all know yeah. I love y'all. Yeah, and check out the Nitro Catfish Coolies Nitro Comedy Tour. Yes. We're going to try to ramp up some shows next year. We kind of pulled back on booking just because of till something going gets, on. Yeah, until yeah. till something gets settled. Yeah. Uh, but that's again, I'm glad you came. We got more content to do. I'm glad you came down to be on the podcast. Oh, yeah, and, I uh, love it. And if you happen to get bored, y'all go on Amazon and rent the Whittler. Tell me what you thought about that. The Whittler. Whit yeah, check the, it out. If you want Whit to listen to my music, go check that out. <laughs> yeah, check out yeah, the uh, Pimping in the Sticks and Mudhole Mermaid. Hell yeah, for sure. They are on iTunes. You know, I did tell you that uh, uh, those it's been getting about 2500 to 3,000 uh, plays uh, a week. Nice. Pimping in the sticks. Cool. I had to check out Mudhole Mermaid. But that's pretty, everywhere that, I go, people tell me they like it, you know? Really? And uh, that's something else that me and John just talked about. You know, maybe the music videos, not so much because it's so hard to film and stuff. But, you know, uh, I like music. I'm, you know, I love all types of music. And I like writing poems, yeah. believe it or not. So rap's just kind of where I fit in. And, uh we're going to start making a lot more music soon and uh the music videos they'll come later but you know i think that's the two things we should focus on yeah. now you know stand up first being you know successful in that and in the meantime make some music 
Some of it may be funny. Some of it may be shit I feel like I need to say, you know. We could probably record it right here on one of these mics. Oh, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Matt, give us a beat. Matt, give us something. All right, I guess that's. I guess we're gonna wrap this up. Me and Catfish could probably talk for another hour, but um, oh, most definitely. I'm uh, John Edmonds Cosma. Hell yeah! I'm the CEO of Bang Productions, and I'm Catfish Cooley. By God, we love y'all. Y'all be oh. cool and stay classy. up what was that boring no flavor that was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week kiki palmer here and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free hello fresh jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi now that's music to my mouth hello fresh let's get this dinner party started discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com 